0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Not Entirely Perfect Podcast. I am your host, Brookheim, Um coming to you by way of the Bored as Hell podcast, as well as the former Two Feminist Moms podcast. So welcome. Thanks for joining us again. And this week on our podcast, we're going to be talking about women in the workplace. Yay! For those of us who are in the workplace, um, most of us like being there. Some of us are there by force, some of us are here by choice, and we're going to discuss all of those, um, what it's like for us here in the U.S., being women and mothers and not mothers, males, working with women. Uh, We're going to hit the whole gamut. So I'm going to be joined this week by Andrea Young and Tyler Young, two very good friends of mine. Uh, We met, Andrea and I met in college, and I've stayed in touch ever since, and we've all gone through some pretty big transformations in our lives to get us to where we are now. Um, so to start off the podcast, I want to talk a little bit. I just watched the entire series, season, first season of Jessica Jones, and it was incredible. I didn't think it was going to be. I actually avoided it because I had a really hard time with Deadpool. Not Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool's awesome. I had a hard time with Daredevil because of the violence, and I don't do violence well, so I was very prone to not watch Jessica Jones, and because of some of the subject matter, I thought it might hit a little too close to home. If you haven't watched it, you need to go and watch it. It's very, very well done. She is a badass. Like Everything that this girl has been through has made her take absolutely zero shit in her life. But that's because she put up with a lot before she got to that point. And as I watched the the series, I was really glad I watched it before we recorded this episode. Because she creates her own workplace. But it's still, like, she keeps trying to be controlled by men. And I know that there's, like, a lot of different motivations for this control. Or, like, men think that they need to continually come in and help her. And the only person that she really allows to help her through all of it is her friend Trish. Until she gets past some pretty serious hang-ups about... Letting men in and being able to accept their help, which, whew, like toward the end of it, I I didn't see it coming. So that's that's all I'm going to say about that because I'm with some people who haven't seen it. Oh, we've oh, seen you've, it. Oh, You have seen it. Oh, we've okay. Seen it. It's well, some bad. of you, you may not. I I am Even really late to it. the party, but um, it made me really think about how much control we do have over the environment that we're in and how much we don't so on that note i'm gonna allow andrea and tyler to introduce themselves and we're gonna get started Woohoo.
1: so i'm andrea i met brooke um in the low brass section of the band because what's more feminine than playing the tuba and the trombone right right exactly there's <laughs> nothing there's nothing it's fantastic. Um so like she said very very good friends um since those days I work in the software industry right now I work as a product manager at a small little software company and all sorts of interesting experiences there coming from the woman side of things I'm married to my my super sexy husband Tyler who is right here
2: um right here yes so hello hello my name is Tyler, and I'm a software engineer. That's
0: and I'd like to talk about feminism. <laughs> Hello, Tyler! <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm the token male on this week's podcast. Hi, I'm the problem. Um, <laughs> it's nice to meet you!
1: <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging. Yes. Mm. Um, I come from a place of privilege. <laughs>
2: yes, basically. Um, I... Um, So I've I've been in software for many years on the development side. I used to teach software engineering. I used to teach computer science at a university, and so I had many uh, male students go through the program. And I had probably I could probably count the number of female students I had in my three years of teaching. Mm -hmm. I could probably count the number of female students on two hands. And you
1: remember them. Because there were so few. Yeah,
2: because there are just that few of them.
1: Isn't that, like, last year, I think it was,
0: possibly the year before, but I'm pretty sure it was last year on NPR, they were talking about a summer camp for girls to teach them how to program. And it was just for girls, and it was going to extend through the school year, and, like, it's all girls, programming, computer tech. And at first I was like, I hate that this has to exist I hate that this is a thing I hate that it is focusing on let's do it girly let's do programming in pink like there's there are weird things about it that I was just like why is this happening and I have to put myself in check and say okay it's good that this is happening like obviously there aren't enough women we do need to attract them because they are absolutely capable and totally brilliant and they need to be there and they
1: used to be there
0: yeah,
2: that's, that's, so, so I'm, I'm just going to jump in and object to the, the, the ink thing really quick because I actually used to teach at a summer camp for girls, a um, um, two-week program put on by uh, the Society of Women Engineers. And so they had me teaching the junior high and high school girls how to program. And mm-hmm. It was a you know, three-hour session. We taught them how to use Scratch. Um, and it was interesting because... Um, the, the default avatar in Scratch is a kitten. When when I teach that to guys, they the first thing they say is you know oh cool and and now I can you know move it around and things like that. And the first thing the girls wanted to do is open up the paint box and color the kitten pink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like, clearly I'm wrong here. Like I totally <laughs> no, get it.
2: I, I mean you're no it's it's I mean. But like it, honestly it is though like I look at, a cultural norm
0: yeah I look at my daughter right who yeah. we all know is the opposite of me like she <laughs> came out of the womb basically flipping me off and being like I'm gonna be what I want to be which is awesome and I'm really glad about that but if I wanted to get her interested into it it is through things that wouldn't appeal to me now and that is the majority of what girls are looking for to keep them interested yeah. like the the um,
2: you you have to start with some common ground though when you're teaching something. Yes. I, I mean you 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 have to begin with something they're intrinsically interested. In. Or they're and, not
0: gonna like. I keep trying right. to like get my daughter into things, and I'm like, no, but it's cool, and she's like, no, it's
1: not cool. Mom. <laughs> it's not for yeah. me. That's no. not what I want.
2: No, you you have to start with something that they're interested in, and show how whatever you're teaching applies to. That topic that they love, mm-hmm. and, and expound on that topic, and maybe they'll branch off into whatever you're trying to get them into. But
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's that girls' engineering kit. Um, there's the little girl, the Hello Ruby one. Not the Hello Ruby one. Yeah, it's that
2: was a Kickstarter. It's
0: the uh, I'll look up the name of it, but yeah. it's this cute girl. You can actually get the kits anywhere now, and she, like, you learn engineering through this girl, and there's a storybook that goes with it. She has all of her pets and build things for her pets. And I started getting these Goldie Blocks. Yes, that's the one. I started getting these for uh, my daughter when, well, a year, year and a half ago. She loves them because, like, one of them you get to dump tank and you get to, like, <laughs> set it up to where the animals get knocked off and fall into a cup of water and they splash. Clarity
2: ensues. Yes,
0: and it's actually really cute and really funny and totally something that, and it's making her mind work it like it comes with a pink ribbon because she likes pink ribbons and it comes with a cat and a dog and a fish and that's just what it is but she loves it and she is learning through play which is obviously very important with kids anyways so um i think that's how we are going to get people interested in continuing to be a part of this industry
2: but if you're teaching that to a boy wouldn't he fixate on the puppy instead of the kitty? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, gender stereotypes, sure, but I mean, I guess, it, I guess it at absolutely least goes across. To not like if it's like
1: Dean. Both i, mean, yeah, I mean, have genders. We've not got a, a f- nephew who is obsessed with with, with kitties, kitties yeah. and he he wants to be a kitty, and he pretends he is a kitty. So, you
2: no, know, it's good to have life goals. <laughs> to be, I a think kitty.
1: so.
0: <laughs> that's pretty much all that Prue's interested yeah. in right now. When I grow up, when
2: I up, I want to be trans species.
0: Hey, if that's how you self-identify, you do it. You do it.
2: This is, this is here we are. Um.
0: So, last Thursday, a week ago tonight, the three of us were sitting around, and I said, after about an hour's worth of conversation, I wish we had recorded this conversation, because we were talking about how, in the workplace, as women, not very many of you have ever who are listening to this may have ever worked with me before but i'm pretty fierce when it comes to my employees like i tell them to stand up for themselves i help them to accomplish the goals that they want to um i work in telecommunications i do research i work for a company that does energy research for the most part and i manage the phone center slash research office so i have a lot of employees that work for me um a lot come and go and my goal for them is when they leave me is to be prepared to find a better job especially for my management staff to like prepare them to do their next step in life cuz it's not a long term
2: people aren't retiring at your company no
0: they well not on my not on my end <laughs> so um when it comes to them i'm very very fierce about helping them to advance and to accomplish their goals when it comes to me and myself... How's that going, bro I don't have that for myself. And to be fair, like it's not that I'm unhappy in my job or that I don't appreciate the flexibility that I have in managing the office that I have and all these things, but I look at a lot of women that I know in the workplace and I feel like we are very fierce, very outspoken for each other, but very... It's hard to do it for yourself. It's very hard to do that for ourselves. But I think part of that is culture. Like we've been raised to put other people in front of ourselves. Company loyalty for ourselves. Um, there's well, so but, many things. But so
2: much of this... So so rewinding our conversation of that week a little bit. So we were starting out talking gender, equal, um, uh, gender pay equity in the workforce. And so... Um, so I am I'm, I'm just kind of going at it like okay well I'm interested to hear what is Brooks' response to the um, to the question yes. of aren't women so, so one of, one of the traditional arguments is women are choosing flexibility in hours over uh, over pay. Because some jobs that pay more are less flexible in the hours.
0: I forgot that's where the conversation started because (laughs) I got a little belligerent about that. Just a little bit. (laughs) Because I... I thought we'd
2: rewind to that belligerent.
0: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. Um, I very much appreciate the flexibility that I have in my job. The flexibility isn't why I stay at my job, though. I stay at my job
1: because you get to be the boss
0: because it allows for me to have an a balanced work life ratio so when i when i go to work i work and when i go home i don't and that's important to me the last job that i had long term i worked outrageous hours like it was a totally different type of research firm we did lots of really high pressure studies that had to be in and out of the office in one day like there was just like 80-hour work weeks all the time. It was just what it was. Uh And when when you left, you had your phone on you. You had to be on call. You had to be available. Like, it was just constant stress, 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 stress. Stupid
2: question. Yes, sir. Hand hand raised. What was the pay like at your previous job compared to this one?
0: Okay. It was not good. Um,
2: Okay, so they ran their employees into the ground and it paid. And it just sucked.
0: Correct. And while I was at this job... And I'll just throw this out there right now since you asked. I was accidentally emailed a file containing all of the wages <laughs> for all of the management within the company. I probably never should have seen that file because what I was making compared to what the men in the same position as I were making, and also the man who whose position I took, but he took a step down, he... <laughs> Had been a manager longer than me, so obviously I don't expect to make the same amount as him, right? Like, it it wasn't apples to apples, but um, it was like a $40,000 difference in our salaries. Apples to grapes? (laughs) It was a really big difference. And we started for the company at the same time. He had been a manager for much longer than me, but I, I took the position of director and was still making tens of thousands less than my male counterparts and so compared
2: we're, we're to what. We're not talking 70% on the dollar. We're talking you know, considerable.
1: Yeah, it was a considerable difference. And as if 70% is not. W- a mean. 30% <laughs> discount is yeah. not Yeah, but, but even at well, that point. I mean, just, like, just
2: to exaggerate the point. Yeah,
0: but even their starting wages at my position, like, if I compared their starting wages as a director to my starting wage as a director, it was totally different. Now, there could have been multiple reasons for that. Um but
1: it makes it's enough to make you we, we see enough examples of disparity mm-hmm. that to have it the entry level wage
0: changed when a female became a director. It had always been this they had always had men, and when I became a director, that entry level wage dropped coincidence mm. Mm. who's to say <laughs> i I don't know it's none of my business,
1: but part of <laughs> um, Part of the, the conversation of being unable to advocate for ourselves, um, I look around at my office, having just very recently been going through the, the conversation of, mm, you need to pay me more money because I don't feel like I'm being paid what I'm worth. But part of it is so hard to to have that conversation when there is inequality all around where i work small little software company we're not huge i'm upstairs with all the engineers and the qa team and and the the c-level people there are 12 men upstairs and there's me and they don't notice that i had a conversation today with with really super nice guy i really like him he's he's the other um project manager and when I said that, yeah, well, I'm the only woman up here, and he kind of looked at me and he said, "Huh, that's interesting." But but there are a lot of women who work who work downstairs, and downstairs we have our marketing and implementation and support teams. And I said, "Well, there are another about fifteen men down there and four women down there." I said, "Huh, so there are five women and." 26 men something like that that's the ratio of men to women in our software company anything that and and part of this is i'm sure perception on my part that that i notice that i'm a woman and therefore i feel like i represent women and and i perceive conversations and things i i i know that i'm seeing things from that those colored glasses of recognizing that hey i'm the only one up here that's a little bit odd so there may not be any malice intended but if i say hey guys what's going on here i feel like i'm gonna be attacked as well you're just coming at it because you're a woman like i i feel like there's that perception of of
0: when the reality is you are a woman and you are the only one. so that that's a really hard thing to balance, right? Yes, because you don't want to be imposing a bias, but at the same time, there's a hell of a bias. There's a hell of a bias. And so it's a really it's a really the company that I work for now is very well balanced. Um, I work with almost entirely women. Which is great and fantastic, and we all work really well together. Um, they're also based in Boston, so they've got a huge cultural leg up <laughs> on Utah. On Utah, yeah. Well, oh,
1: that's another the, the
0: company I worked for before was a Utah-grown and local company, and um, it very much was the boys' club. And I knew that getting into it, and I—I I don't know—I thought I could change it, I didn't? Um, but it's better than it than it was. I. what i hear so i don't i don't really know since i left the company but um i learned how to operate in the business world at that company that's where i learned where to put my own value and it was not high it was not high at all (laughs) um and i think that going back to the the question that you asked i learned at that company from being paid less from working just as many or more hours as my male counterparts. And I was there for over a decade, for a very long time. I worked very hard, and then I got very, very burnt out. And just sort of sizzled down at the bottom. And, and it, the, our parting was not good. Um, but there are things that I value. Increased flexibility just because I'm a woman is not one of them. And I think that what I gained from that experience was that I now work for a company who very much values the life work balance and not because I'm a woman but because the whole company is focused on you do your job when you're at your job and you go home and you be with your family when you're at home and there is some spillover for that because of having to help manage things after I leave the office but the amount of pay that I get I would give up a lot of that if I were serious about finding a new job I just don't believe that the lack of stress exists, and I like my lack of stress. <laughs> I like being able to go to work and like the people that I work with. And my boss in Boston is my best friend, and she and I talk all the time. We hardly ever see each other, but being able to enjoy being at work is why I'm there. Not because of a lot of flexibility. Like, I sure. would trade a lot of that for sure. a, for more work, income. work balance. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I, I understand where I've, I've turned down with more money because I am lazy and don't like to commute very far. Um, <laughs> but it's but, hard because when I but, say that
0: I like the flexibility and the less stress, they're like, Oh, that's because you're a woman and you have no, a child. It's, it's, that, it's like a, a lot of people choice. interpret it that way, but that's not what it, it's not because I'm a woman that I have chosen this. I've chosen this because it, it works for my life for overall happiness, it, not it, it, because it. I'm spending any more or less time with my kid, but because it's just making my life better, and I think that a lot of men are able to make that same decision, but still require more money for it.
2: I, I'm I'm not am not going to dispute that. I, I'm and but it, I mean it's 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 interesting. Yeah, going back to the um going going back to the whole idea of um you know men advocating for themselves more, men being more aggressive in the workplace.
1: Women are allowed to be more aggressive. Yes. Oh my, oh my, oh my. <laughs> um, yeah, the studies that a woman who talks as much as a man is seen, uh, is perceived as dominating
2: the conversation. Tell us about the meeting you had the other day.
1: Uh, which meeting? I, there are so many of them. It's a, it's a constant. And there are not many women in my office. And the, the men, good people. I like most of them. We, we do have a few super sexist people who don't who don't realize it I don't think um but I try to say something and and if I raise a point I have to really really watch myself um because I have been told by people in a former job um I was told by the CEO there who regularly stands up and yells at people and is screams and swears and turns red in the face that that's his style of management and that's not what I do but he told me Andrea you have no idea how how you are perceived that when you when you have a point to make you you just hammer it and you have got no idea how how you sound when you do that huh interesting this is coming from a dude who's 67 and managed construction sites who stomps and screams telling me to calm down to calm down because I am coming across as too bossy, too forceful.
0: Well it's like with you know Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. versus Donald Trump like mm-hmm. if, if we only put those two candidates in and we could put the rest of them in. but if we only put those two in, she is consistently seen as a bitch and as a liar and mm-hmm. as a manipulator and as someone who is just changing to gain the public appeal. And,
1: and it's because she's a woman.
0: it's because she's outspoken and strong. You have men in politics who are continually strong who are continually changing their ideas. You have how is well, Donald th- Trump th- a thing? Well, well, I'm
2: I'm I'm I'm, I'm just going to throw out Dell's advocate here. Okay. Up, and, up until this race, that's a fantastic Are you sure book. you <laughs> want to be this devil's advocate? I'm <laughs> well, no, I'm, I, I, uh, more a Snyder remark than anything else. Um, but, but up until this race, we haven't really had women in the presidential race before. And, uh, well, 2008? Oh, okay. I don't know.
0: Do you know the history of six, Hillary Clinton? Six, oh. Obama I I'm
2: I'm thinking Palin I'm thinking a few elections back in
0: the, No, it's true we have but been but
2: but people calling my my point is that Trump is a circus clown and has been from the beginning and, and have people have such no low expectations of him But that's the thing is that, that he it, gets
0: praised for it he gets called a truth-sayer and the cutting yeah, through the bullshit that's and because he America's says what we sick. want to but Hillary Clinton comes forward with facts, with consistency, with...
1: Poise and polish. Yeah, And,
0: and not she's not so... Mm, it. I know I'm really hung up on the stupid Civil War thing, but like, I, I kind of think... <laughs> please don't stop listening to the podcast because of what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I kind of feel like Cap... Captain America is really Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton is Iron Man because that, may, that may fit for some of you because you hate her, whatever I don't care. You but, haven't
2: seen this movie yet
0: <laughs> Oh, you haven't seen it? No Okay. Well, spoilers! This is, this is all I'm going to say I'm not going to get into spoilers. All I'm going to say is that through the movie Iron Man is evolving and changing and accepting his faults and trying to make better decisions for the whole world And Captain America is like, me! I'm me! Woohoo! Go me! Whatever I want, because I'm me! Yay, me! And (laughs) I feel like Hillary has done that throughout her career. She has obviously learned. She is a career politician. Get over it. That's what our politicians are. She has learned, she has adjusted, she has changed her viewpoint on things. That needed to be changed, but stayed consistent on things that needed to stay. Like, I feel, and then you have like Donald Trump coming in and being like, oh, <laughs> you like my hair? My orange face? How about my wife? I'm real rich. Hot. Woohoo, go me. I I'm awesome because I'm awesome. No, you're not. You have failed over and over and over and over, but he's a man, and so no one sees that. If Hillary Clinton had had that many failed businesses and bankruptcies and marriages, like she's had one marriage that she still gets thrown crap at her for because she made it work and stayed with him, you know, the president. So, but she's torn apart for that as opposed to Donald Trump who's just like, if my daughter were single,
1: what? Who says that? Who says that? Oh, not an okay thing. And he excels
2: I I, 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 I still to. contend that Trump <gasps> like is that. so far out as an exception that I really hesitate to bring him into any sort of discussion about reality <laughs> when, when he's so far outside the bounds of... of I
0: it. guess that's kind of my point, though, is that you can be that far out of that much that
1: removed that ridiculous but
0: because he has a penis he's allowed to be
1: a woman who so, tried to pull those same I mean, kind just, of antics let's
0: just look at Sarah Palin for instance that is a woman mm-hmm. who had a lot of validity as a politician in the beginning and she's done some crazy shit since then and she's kind of a joke and People are, like, saying, oh, Trump's going to use Palin, that way they'll lose. Oh, please use her, please use her. But he is, like, the male counterpart of her and being taken seriously. And there are some people who still take Sarah Palin seriously. There would still be some people who would take Donald Trump seriously if he was a woman. But not very many. And she's actually done less crazy shit than he has. So... While he is like a totally extreme example, he's still valid, which is the most bizarre thing for me. Because he shouldn't be valid, but he is. He is the actual Republican nominee. Nominee. Like, it's so weird to say those words.
2: Can we move to Canada yet? (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So if if you shrink that down and make it smaller... And you go to an office space. Mm-hmm.
2: So Andrea talking about the boss uh, at her previous company that was berating her for being outspoken. Exactly is, is perhaps that which is exactly down and
0: why it mm-hmm. made the correlation to me yeah. because it's so outrageous.
1: And then after that interaction with him, i I was really I was really concerned, thinking, "Am I really that? Am I that bad?" And questioning everything, he was talking about. You know, you're you're uh, you're a big person. I'm six three. I I'm a really freaking tall woman. I'm I'm a tall person, but for a woman, I am freakishly tall. And, and he, so you should have done something about that. It, well, his point was you need to recognize that your size intimidates people, and so you need to be even more careful of what you say and, and how you act because you're so physically intimidating, says the six, seven dude to me. But that's actually something that has really played into the way I react in my office right now. Because my CEO is, you know, five, six or five, seven. And my boss is, I mean, they're they're normal sized humans. And I feel so i'm so very aware of how tall i am when i'm standing there talking to them that i that i do temper myself and and i find myself not maybe advocating like i should or not wanting to come across as too forceful if i'm trying to make the point of hey you guys are totally missing you're you're missing the the implications of what you're discussing here and and let me pull you back i i find myself saying "Uh uh-oh If I say that too loudly or if I stand and lean in that way, then I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. When I when I worked,
0: um, I moved to Nebraska and opened a phone center out there and then continued to open more in other places throughout the Midwest. And I remember one of my bosses came out and um, he was like, you know, because I would get dressed up for work. Right. It was a phone center in the Midwest. And I would wear, like, heels and skirts and this and that. And he's like, you don't have to get so dressed up, like, out here. And I said, well, if I don't, then my employees see me as their peer. And they don't take me seriously. Um, but if I wear too much makeup or do my hair too much, then... They don't take me seriously either because I'm pretty or because, oh, look at our boss. We should try to hit on her, like blah, blah, blah. Not that I'm anything all that great. It's just when you do certain things, like I had to be so careful about the balance of what I looked like. Because it completely changed how I was able to do my job. Like a hundred percent. So when I would go back to the main office, I would be one way. And when I would go out to my office, I would be another way. And there came a point where you just like, screw it. This isn't worth it. I'm not doing this. Like, so I wouldn't get ready at all, <laughs> which didn't help. But it actually, like, the worse I look to my employees to a certain degree, like, obviously... Um, the more serious they take me, because it's almost like I'm scarier if I'm uglier, and so they feel like they have to do their job if I'm talking to them. Like if I if I look nice or the days that I get dressed up. Oh, you're so nice and friendly. Let's just all screw around. Blah, blah. I'm not nice and friendly. I am, but I'm not. Like it's such a hard line. Like it is. Which which line do you decide to toe? Do you be the bitch? Do you be the the pretty like what do you
1: do and do in men that do men think about this I I truly wonder do men look in their wardrobe in their closet and say hmm if I wear this shirt today then I know that this is my 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 shirt that that I'm Putting on the boss uh, pants. Putting on the boss <laughs> pants, or I'm putting on the shirt that that is maybe slightly more revealing because I, I want it. I mean, we have to think about this.
2: You, you, unf- unfortunately, I have to recuse myself from this conversation because I'm the software engineer. Swag t-shirts for days. <laughs> basically, my entire wardrobe is black t-shirts that I pick up at conferences. And so
1: I had, <laughs> I had a conversation with my boss. Um... I
2: I work from home some days. (laughs) If I have clothes on that day, it's like total bonus.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm okay without. (laughs) (laughs) You can... Never mind. Um, So I had this conversation with my boss um, because he made a comment about a former colleague of mine, a very attractive girl who worked at the office, um, who liked to get dressed up she wore she wore um skirts she wore uh blouses and things and we're we're we are a very casual shop and he one day said oh i just i cannot i cannot handle the way she dresses and and her shoulders i i just think it is so inappropriate to dress like that in the workplace we are we are a casual shop how she should not be wearing shoes like that and and clothes like that and i called him on it and good for you i it's i i have been opening my mouth a whole lot and and i'm seeing something and i'm saying uh uh-uh, you guys get to recognize that 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 that's a thing that this is something that you can be called on so I called my him on it. My jaw
0: literally dropped as you were talking. It really I thought did. I was going to choke on the trail mix I put in my mouth.
1: So he, I, I had that conversation. This was this was literally a year ago, I think. And um, he recognized my point when I when I was saying, I don't think you would have a problem at all if a guy came in wearing a nicer button up, you know, wearing slacks and button ups. Um, you wouldn't say anything. You you wouldn't. Oh look, he's so he's polished. He, yeah. I mean, he's, he's and and you wouldn't question. He must his, be really trying. You wouldn't question his motives. Um, I I told my boss. You know, she came from this this other background where she interacts with clients all day long. That's maybe her work wardrobe. That's what she has. I, I don't care what the reason is. It's entirely workplace appropriate. Maybe she just likes it. It yes. So yesterday two days, two days ago two days ago i uh was in having a, another conversation with my boss just work stuff and then this co-worker's name was brought up and um she's been gone from the office for for a while she left soon after that conversation happened but he my boss said you know, I still I still think about that conversation that we had and how you called me on it. It's been percolating for a year. And he he said, "I still I still think that I was okay to say." You know, I still don't think it was appropriate to to that shoulders are appropriate in the workplace like that. And I said, "Okay, here's this other employee, this other female employee who's also no longer there, but she wore sleeveless shirts all the time. Did you?" ever once complain about her shoulders did you think they were inappropriate and the look on his face as he kind of sat back and realized huh i guess part of it is that kelly was you know kind of a cute girl he said that he said that what right that the first the first employee well her shoulders acknowledging (laughs) her shoulders are inappropriate because she's cute they make the, me feel tingly in my underpants. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> that, that, that he didn't feel they were appropriate because he saw them in a sexual light where this other co-worker, who obviously he was not attracted to. Can I just
0: say, we all have shoulders. <laughs> I don't understand. Yup. <laughs> my brain just melted out of my skull. I don't get it. I know I, I was It makes it. me want to take my shirt off and run around the streets of America saying get
1: over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the scene in Grey's Anatomy. The the breasts. How does any, anybody get anything done <laughs> with these around? <laughs> yep. I like that one. I like that one too. <laughs> Coming from from a, I mean, very strong LDS. I mean a lot of that in the office and and. Shoulders are not allowed in that culture, so okay.
0: Do you guys know what Glass Ceiling is? Yes. The, the review site? Yes. Okay, so my boss the other day, she says, Hey Brooke, have you been in the chat? She goes, have you looked on Glass Ceiling and looked up our company? I was like, no, I haven't. And she goes, okay, hold on. So she sent me the link and all of the reviews are about like the corporate office or our Oakland office or something like that, except for this one review It was about the phone center, and I was like, oh, God, what is this going to say? Because bizarre things happen in phone centers. Like, weird-ass crap is happening in phone centers. So to manage one, you have to be ready to roll with the punches a little bit. Like, someone once wrote a letter to the CFO of the company who's like, He used to be my main boss and now Cheryl is and he still oversees things telling them that I was leaving my kid there to go on dates and ordering sex toys to the phone center and like making my employees open the boxes to look at them and stuff like weird so that everyone knows that has never happened (laughs) Um, (laughs) none of it but so I see this review and I immediately get like a little bit scared and I was like shit and I'm like scrolling down and I see it and it says on there Great place to work. No one is LDS. Good environment. You need better chairs. <laughs> it <was> like Paul <laughs> said, <head. laughs> and then, they were like still a current employee when they wrote it. But like they were so relieved that no one was LDS, and there are LDS people who work there. But like it was, but if it's so, not perceived
1: as a, yeah,
0: it's ran by women mostly we've got a a male supervisor there's me the assistant manager is a woman the floor manager is a man Uh, my boss is a woman her employees are women and there are a lot of men who work for the company mind you a lot of them but it just doesn't matter in our company for the most part what your genitalia is like if you're doing your job you're doing your job um but I thought it was really interesting that that was such a selling point that they sought out this website to go on and put a review on to say not LDS because we allow them to just be who they are and be comfortable coming to work. And no, they're not allowed to come in naked and they have to have on real clothes and no beer or pot paraphernalia, which I have actually had to have send people home to change for some of those things. But for the most but part... not
1: for shoulders?
0: Not for shoulders. Not for legs if your butt cheeks are hanging out of your shorts I am gonna send you home like, it's just unhygienic like,
1: cover that up <laughs> we share chairs
0: guys. we share <laughs> chairs we need better chairs don't put your bare butt on them like Thank whatever you for that <laughs> mental image but it is like when I was 19 and I don't think it would happen now I was 19 I was working at um, a tech support company and I didn't belong there Like at all. My boyfriend, or who wanted to be my boyfriend, got me an application, filled it out line by line, wrote in two of the answers wrong. I memorized the test. I went in. I took the test. He went and talked to the boss and said, we need to hire her because I want to date her. He later became my husband. Um, And then not my husband. he said that
2: to his boss? We need to hire her. I want to date her? Mm
0: -hmm. And so the boss went down to the guy who was interviewing me and told him, I don't care how stupid she is. You're going to hire her. <laughs> now, the guy that, the, the reason I know this is that the guy who interviewed me, Jason, you can correct me. He's a very good friend of mine. He may or may not be listening to the podcast. He's commented on some things. We're very good friends now. But he was so mad. He was so mad about it that he had to hire me, that he was like throwing out these questions to me in the interview just to try, like he was just like pissed. And, like, throwing shit out there that he knew I couldn't answer. (laughs) Because the first day of training, I couldn't turn on the computer. I didn't know where the button was. Like, (laughs) I really was that person. I had no business working in tech support at all. Um, But I learned my job. I I worked really hard because I'm not actually a stupid person. I just didn't have the knowledge base. And we had a very extensive knowledge base that we could look stuff up on. And that's where I actually learned to communicate with people. Because I was like, oh, if I'm going to do this job, I'm going to have to learn how to ask the people around me questions and how to get them to help me. And so I I learned a lot, but I came in wearing a dress once that was above the knee and sleeveless and a little low cut. Now, mind you, I had the body of like a 12 year old boy, no figure whatsoever. It shouldn't have been a problem, but I was young and I was thin and I had on little clothing and I got sent home for it. They're like, you can't be here. It's making other people uncomfortable. And I basically said the same thing. I was like, but she's wearing basically the same thing that I'm wearing. Why am I getting sent home? Well, you're making people uncomfortable. By sitting at my desk wearing a headset, I'm making people uncomfortable? Like, for real? And I did. I had to go home and change. And I said, if we were on the East Coast, this dress wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> it's just because we're here in Utah, blah, blah, blah. But it, it really wasn't. They refused to let me stay. I had to go home and change.
2: I think it's such an interesting cultural phenomena to have that exist because I think, like, I'm, I'm picturing a call center in Saudi Arabia and work conditions there. I don't know. I've never been in Saudi Arabia, so I may be maybe completely imagining things. But a woman shows up. You see that shirt she has? She's showing wrists. <laughs> what a problem that is! Ah, exposing her wrists. Um. <laughs> Okay, so, we're not trying to go backwards here. <laughs> right. Well, but but that's exactly the point: is that it doesn't matter where you draw the line if it, it women are objectified. It doesn't matter if people, where you draw If the
0: there's line. a line, that is the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, I'm I'm not advocating for um, you know nudism at the workplace. Um, Damn you. <laughs>
1: bring it
2: on I, I wouldn't inflict that on my co-workers I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: nor would I <laughs> I have some shame oh I you. would, no
2: <laughs> but but yeah, that, I mean that's that's just it's, it's just an interesting data point that I don't think I've ever heard of a man being sent home for wardrobe issues um
0: well, the person I had to send home for wearing
2: pot paraphernalia oh. was a man. <laughs> okay, well, there, I'm, I'm, but that I'm,
0: was wh- subject matter, not not, not body issues. Not not
2: because he was making people uncomfortable with his hairy armpits exposed no. in, in some horrifically to be ugly fair, tank That would top. probably be me
0: in the office, <laughs> 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 just kidding. sort of sort of. Um, no, and you're right. Like is. it doesn't it doesn't exist in the same way. Yeah. It doesn't.
2: I I I guess in in my mind that that kind of sums up. And I would just like to say not
0: because men are smarter or have better judgment about what to wear to work. That's not that's not why. It's just that
2: Oh good heavens no. Have you seen what the
0: standard isn't there. (laughs) Have you seen Tyler's shoes? Yes. Yes Yes. I have. Yes we have. (laughs) (laughs) They're lovely. They're lovely.
2: But again, recusing myself from the conversation. Software developer, we could. I mean, it's yeah, it's, this, it's a completely different game. And
1: different industries all have their own their own little Standards. quiddities. And I, I mean, the we don't in the, in the software people we we're purposely isolated from customers. I mean, they don't want us to be the ones talking to people. Uh,
0: so, so I have never made any comments about tech
1: people ever. Never, never, uh, uh-uh. uh, 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 <laughs> never, <laughs> but it, in my company there, there are all sorts of stories about former people who, you know, would, would show up. They were never called on it for showing up in sweatpants and, and flip flops. And that was just fine for them. Yeah these men it was it was fine for them
0: well
2: or or it may have been a problem but nobody but nobody ever nobody they confronted were never, them about they were it.
1: never called on it they there were never conversations about see that's that. so
2: so going back it's it's interesting and I'm, I'm just thinking uh, guys in sweatpants you want to avert your eyes so the problem is not that I mean, the, the not that I the can't dress. stop it's, looking It's not that I can't stop looking So so uh, so then Going back to your boss uh, uh, your, your, your co-worker there Saying okay uh, This woman It's a problem to be wearing to, to see her shoulders Because she's attractive And so When I worked
0: at Home Depot We had this guy that we called sweatpants man
1: Sweatpants man uh-huh.
2: dun, dun, dun. I
0: can't
2: a secret you, you
0: wouldn't believe me. He would wear these sweatpants. They were either sweatpants or sweat shorts. If he was wearing the shorts, I don't know how to delicately say this. He would come out the bottom of the shorts.
1: Ooh. Oh.
0: And when he wore the sweatpants, you could see everything. Oh. <laughs> it was so distracting. And now mind you, like the shorts didn't go down to his knee. They were like like midway down. But, dude, you had it going on. I mean, I don't, like... (laughs) So, if that were going on...
2: Congratulations, (laughs) sir, and please put longer pants on. Yeah,
0: you need Uh... to literally put it away. Please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Wow. So, I guess if that were happening in the workplace, you would want to send someone home for it. But but...
1: shoulders are not the same. No, Shoulders are not that. They're not. They're simply Mm -hmm. not.
0: And I, th- I think it's interesting too that when it comes to like fraternization, if two people are having a relationship in the workplace, it is almost always put to the fault of the woman, or she has the repercussions of changing positions or having to having experienced this firsthand from having a relationship with someone in the workplace. Um, we were both part of it, and we held the same position when it happened. We Stopped having relationship. It was very short-lived to begin with. And uh, when it was found out about, I had been switched to a different position,
2: but still
0: supposedly horizontal transition, and I wasn't losing anything. I was just going to where they needed me more. And then they found out about this other relationship that had happened a year and a half previous to it, and I got fired. And he got a new position. Vertical. Mhm. A new team, a new position, in a new area of the company. And there were so many people who were like, "We'll support you if you go to court over this or you need to not let this go or blah 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 blah." And in the end, like I wasn't going to be the girl who got fired for sleeping with a coworker. And tried to go to court over, like you know what I mean? Like that—that yeah. that wasn't I mean, what I wanted my my legacy to you, be. You don't want your fifteen minutes it.
2: of fame in the news yeah. company newsletter to be that.
0: But at the same time, I got fired.
2: Okay, so and it was weird so, because so, when so, they
0: fired me, they're like, "We're firing you for performance issues." And obviously, like at the time, my direct boss and I, we butted heads like hard, butted heads. And so, sure, he could have been dissatisfied with my performance. Um, Or just didn't like me in general and this came out and it made it super easy to just get rid of me and eliminate the problem, right? Let's just, before it becomes a problem, let's just eliminate the problem. Um, I may or may not have had the call-in information to the polls meeting for that week. And I may or may not have used it still and heard them talking about their reasons for firing me. And I will tell you that none of them were legitimate. (laughs) It really was about sleeping with my coworker and them not wanting me to cause a scene later or try to say that there was some sort of sexism going on when it very clearly was. But all that being said, I think that's very common. Like it was time for me to leave that job. It was the best thing for me. I left. I got a better job, whatever. But I feel like when issues come up between a male and a female coworker, as in with most things, the legitimacy immediately goes to the man and it is up to the woman to have to prove her point or show her truthfulness or whatever it is. Like it, The discipline usually falls to one over the other, from what I've seen. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I think there are a lot of discrepancies within the workplace that go well beyond wage.
2: Okay, so here's, here's something I've been thinking about this whole process. Um, interview, podcast, tonight. Thing. Niner. Um, so, discrepancies, right? Okay, so in, in my field, very few women. I have worked several jobs where uh, women have been my project managers. In fact, I would almost say disproportionately, I I think I have had more women as my project manager than I have men, which is very interesting to me their bosses have all been met. So it's it's um, it's it's that middle trap. And I and I'm and I'm gonna bring this ghost up again. Why are women trapped in the middle there?
1: Part of And I, and,
2: I, and I don't I, I'm I'm you know, operating off a very limited data set here.
1: Yeah, but, but no, I I've I've seen the same thing going to the, the training courses and code camp and that kind of thing. The the PM courses are, that's where you will find a lot of the women. That's where you find the women in tech. Um, And, you know, part of that is kind of a self-selecting thing that that we know that the field developers are mostly men. Therefore, it's hard for a woman to become a developer or to be happy as a developer because of the sexism that exists. Therefore, fewer women become developers because they know that it's not going to...
2: If any of my former students are listening to this, please chime in.
1: (laughs) I really... Like,
0: for me, I really feel like it's a cultural thing. Women in power are not expected or respected within our culture. Outside of the U.S., you see a lot more women in power, a lot more presidents, a lot more... Angela Merkel. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like... Until we start to break this, the ceiling off with people like Hillary Clinton, with the new CEOs that are coming in as women and doing fantastic jobs, there's, there's been a huge surge over the last 10 years mm-hmm. alone with seeing more women becoming partners and um, out of the 1950s housewife mindset. And once we blow that ceiling off of it, I think women are going to transcend all the levels of management and not even just management, but within all the ranks of a business, like you're going to see women in more places as it becomes more accessible to reach those places and more acceptable for them to be there. And I don't, I don't think that has been the case up until this point. Like as we were talking, like I remember the day that my band director at snow college sat me down and said it is okay to be a mom and have a job and it was such a mind-blowing experience that i sat there at his office and cried and i was like but it's not okay jesus says i can't do that i have to stay home and he's <laughs> like that's not true this is what it's not true are you sure and he's like, look at my wife she works she's fantastic we have four amazing kids who you love. And I was like, well, yeah, I do love them. And she's worked their whole lives. But That's it's fun. true. But, and my whole
1: brain was just like, oof. See, and my experience, uh, you know, we were also talking about this, that growing up, I can think of very, very few women who did work. And those who did work, it was always kind of a... Oh well, she has to work because her husband obviously can't make enough money to provide for them,
0: or she has no husband, or, or.
1: and and in in these cases the the married my mom worked but she worked a non traditional schedule she did direct sales was able to provide for us and everything and and I was raised with the the idea go to school get an education get a degree so that you have something to fall back on in case your husband dies and leaves you and your children without without means to support.
2: Which is basically like saying, go to college so that you can be where the ambitious young men are who are going to...
1: <laughs> and I don't know if... It, I, I there, there truly was a value on education. That, yeah. that It's important to get educated, but I was never once told, what do you want to... E, what do you want to do? So there's no you,
2: there's no end goal involved no. with that. well, and
1: obviously, like both you and I, you
0: played the trombone and I played the tuba because we were both like, "Well, screw that, I
2: sure. want to do
1: something a little yeah. bit different."
0: <laughs> I'm here, but I'm doing it my way, and so let's go forward with this. And I think um, I just posted on Facebook about how the movie How to Make an American Quilt is now on Netflix. I remember watching that when I was 19 years old. And it's this um, story about this group of women who all grew up, like, during the 50s-ish. The movie was filmed in 95, and it's got Winona Ryder as the star of it. And she's going to visit her great-aunts, and the whole thing is they're making a wedding quilt for her. Her boyfriend just proposed to her. And they each tell their story of where they found love and each of their stories growing up and how they became the woman that they are and either fell in line with or broke the standards that they were, they were given as to what was acceptable for them. And in one of their stories, the, the lady Sophia has a daughter as her first child. Her third child is a boy. And the older daughter is saying, but mom, I want to go to college. It's what I want. And she's like, well, it's more important for Press Jr. to go. But, Mom, I need to go to college. I want to get an education. That's She's like, well, you need to find a husband and stay home. You're going to be fine. And she goes, but that's not what I want. And she goes, well, we don't always get what we want. <laughs> and she, like, goes inside. She was, like, so mad about her life and some of the things that were put on her as a woman that... Um, I watched this movie, and I was like, oh... Each of these women have very different stories. And they really had to define for themselves who they are. And there's one character in there. She's the daughter of one of the women, but she's single. She's been single her whole life. And I always really identified with that woman. (laughs) Look at me now. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) I don't know. But I remember thinking it's okay to be strong. It's okay to define for yourself what you want. And to take the path that isn't expected for you, and I really feel like that—that that movie was obviously had a huge impact on me, and I'm glad. Go watch it, everyone. Go and watch this movie because um, it's just beautiful. But I remember thinking when I watched it, I really like Winona Ryder. She's not the most stunning or striking beauty when it comes to actresses, and in this movie, her hair is cut really short, and and she's not like. The glowing, beautiful... Ingenue? Lady. No. And I like that about her. Because they make her relatable and hateable at the same time. Like, you watch her character go through these things and you're like, Ah! Stop acting that way! Stop being such a... Why am I thinking that right now? And you kind of have to really look at it and think, This is a character who was, I think, very much created to make you... Reflect on who you are And see your own faults And sort of determine What are you going to do With your life And where are you going with it And I think that that is A very poignant piece of work Maya Angelou's in it oh, She's okay. amazing like, Go watch this movie If you haven't seen it It's very 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 fantastic Certainly so. that's
1: what we're doing tonight
2: Yeah. Yet another movie I haven't seen
0: So uh, we need to wrap it up Any last words from you guys? Before we head out
1: There are always things to say but they'll, they'll, they'll hold for another night
0: Well thank you both for being on um, I guess if you take anything away From tonight's show Just define for yourself What you want to be And be as active in working for What you need in the workplace And what is actually fair What the real equalities are And don't settle for less Because we do deserve it and men deserve it. It really Regardless is about, of
1: genitalia. Yeah.
0: Work for what is best and recognize that in your co workers and make sure that they get the recognition they deserve as well. Yeah.
2: And men, go to work in a tank top sometimes.
0: Yeah, do it. Show your shoulders. You wear those shoulders strong. Um, on that note, thank you guys so much. And damn the man, save the empire.